You may be seated in the presence of God. Good morning to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Vision Sunday 2023. This is my favorite Sunday of the year. And what makes this weekend so special is that we get all the different congregations coming together to praise God for all the wonderful things that He has done in the past, what He is doing presently, and what He is about to do in the future. I'm so excited because I believe that this is like just a halftime mark. God has got so much more for us and all that is not God is not limited hallelujah you know at vision Sunday I seek to give a word that I believe is not just a prophetic word but also a word to galvanize the whole church it's not something new that you're hearing but it's something that you should never forget and I want to say that I'm not the same person as I was last year and when I stand here next year I would be a different person because I have chosen to be different. Amen. I have chosen to be different. Now this year, I want to speak on the magnum opus of Cornerstone. The word magnum in Latin is the word great and opus is the word work. Magnum opus is the great work that God has called us to do. What is the magnum opus of Cornerstone? Now I think it would be naive for us to think that we can summarize all that work God has called us to do in one slick sentence like a vision statement. When Jesus gave us the Great Commission, He gave it to us in five different parts. One in Matthew, one in Mark, one in Luke, one in John, and one in the book of Acts. Because the vision, the mandate is so comprehensive. So I would like to give you this morning seven things that I believe summarizes the magnum opus the great work that God has called us to do. And the first question I want to ask is, what is it that makes us uniquely cornerstone? Now, to give you a preamble, ladies and gentlemen, I would have to give you a backstory. Because if you don't know our journey, if you don't know where we started from, and the price that many people paid to bring us to where we are today, you will not appreciate the journey that we are on and where we are now today. So allow me just to take about five minutes to bring you down memory lane. In 1990, the Lord called my wife and I to start a new work. The church was called Badok Christian Center because of our locality. And we were an extension of the Chapel of the Resurrection, which was part of the Anglican Communion. 1990 was my Genesis 12 call. I had just quit my secular job, and for me it was like Abraham leaving the Ur of the Chaldeans to embark on a journey into the unknown. I had no idea where God was going to take us. All I had was a promise from God that He would be with me, and that was enough for me. I took that bungee step of faith, and I have not regretted not a single day the life that He has chosen for me. Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't choose this life. This life chose me. And I had only one commandment from the Lord when we started, and that was missions. He said, Cornerstone must get involved in global missions. Five years later, the Lord called us to leave the Anglican church. And I want to state categorically that there was no animosity. There was no disagreement. There was no bad blood. The Lord just spoke to me very clearly at the start of 1995 
to take the church out of the denomination. We just had a different tribal anointing. And I realized that if we stayed in a diocese, we would not have accomplished what we have accomplished today. There's always a glass ceiling. And no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't break through. And I knew I had to leave. And I'm telling you now, that was one of the most critical decisions I've ever made in my life. For me, it was like Abraham separating from Lot. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying for one moment that the Anglican church is Lot. No, sir. All I'm saying is that there was a necessary separation. And if you were to ask me right now, the one year that was the turning point for Cornerstone, it was 1995. That's when we officially started Cornerstone. Our decision to leave sealed our destiny because we were willing to do what was inconvenient, what was painful, but what was necessary. That same year, God spoke to me in July in an almost audible voice that He was going to give us a building, which He fulfilled two years later in 1997. In October that year, we had an open heaven, five months, and the glory of God was so wonderful. It was like heaven on the earth. That year, we planted our first church overseas. 1995 was a solid year for us. In 1997, we launched our first language congregation, the Mandarin Church, and we purchased the Odian Katong facility, and we began to fulfill our destiny. In 2001, the Lord connected us with Brother Brian Bailey. And when that happened, the Lord pulled us. He sucked us in to the greater eternal purposes of God. The message of Zion was birthed in our hearts and our eyes began to be open to greater spiritual realities. From 2004, ladies and gentlemen, all the way to 2009, we hosted six Zion conventions that were some of the most spectacular significant conferences we've ever had the presence of God would be so great in those early days that we could hardly stand I would shake so badly on my seat that I could not control myself I tell you the fear of the Lord was so great in those meetings and then in early 2000s we hosted two fire conferences that featured the German evangelist Reinhard Bonke and that propelled us to a national influence. In 2012, we purchased the Bible College of Wales and God gave us an expanded vision and added Wales and Europe into our inheritance. I tell you the next 10 years, I prophesy, we are going to see an explosion in Europe. God is going to give Cornerstone a massive footprint in Europe. Hallelujah. In 2015, we purchased the Pisgah Chapel and that connected us to the great Welsh revival because Pisgah was one of the great birthplaces and epicenter of the greatest revival of the, 20, the 19th and the 20th century. In 2012 all the way to 2018, we had the privilege of hosting six kingdom invasion conferences that really propel Cornerstone into the global arena. Everywhere I travel, people ask, when are you going to have the next Kingdom Invasion Conference? Everywhere I go, people were blessed and touched by this amazing move of the Holy Spirit. To date, we have cornerstone churches, schools, often just training centers operating in 28 different nations. 20 of them are here this morning. 
and God is steadily enlarging the vision. This is our 28th year as a church, and all that God has accomplished up till today is just a springboard for the greater works that God is going to do. Now, ladies and gentlemen, just imagine for a few moments with me, please, that if 70 of us can be here, what we are today, can you imagine what 5,000 of us can be? Amen. I just want you to allow the Holy Spirit to stretch your imagination. Let's allow God to do something in this place today. Now, I would like to share with you this morning. If you will allow me, I'll just take some time to talk to you about seven clear distinguishing marks that make us uniquely cornerstone. Are you guys ready? Number one, cornerstone has a global call. Whether you like it or not, whether we chose it or not, God has given us a global call. You know, there's many churches that I know that are called to their communities. They serve their communities. They have social programs to alleviate the needs of the people in their locality and all that is good and all that is necessary. But often when you ask them to be part of a larger initiative, they back off. And they seem just to be contented with doing what they're doing. And it's okay. No judgment here. It's just the calling. But then there are other churches that have a national calling. And that happens when God gives the pastor an enlarged vision, an enlarged heart, and that is broader than just the local community. And now they find themselves being part of national initiatives. They fight battles that are on a national scale, and they have a national voice. But there are churches that, are, that God has called to be on the global arena. And God gives them a seat at the global table because of a greater anointing, because of a greater and enlarged vision. It's just in the DNA of the church. And it's often because the pastor has a global vision, not just a local or a national vision. And without any fear of contradiction, I stand here and I say to you that I believe Cornerstone has a call that goes beyond our local and our national sphere. We're called to be a global church. And for that to happen, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to be a very unselfish people. We've got to make sacrifices that perhaps not demanded of other congregations. We've got to have bifocal lenses, meaning we've got to see both globally as we see locally. In other words, we plan globally, but we act locally. And I stand here today without any fear of contradiction to say to you that God has given me a promise that whatever we are doing right now in the global arena, He will double. He will double what all we are doing. And I stand and I believe the word of the Lord. The second distinguishing mark about Cornerstone is we're Pentecostal. You might say, Pastor, that's a no-brainer. Of course we're Pentecostal. But I don't want to be Pentecostal in name. I want to be Pentecostal in experience, in the life of the Holy Spirit. I tell you this, there's nothing more dead. There's nothing more dead than a Pentecostal church without the life of the Holy Ghost. And I want to see the Holy Ghost move, which means we have got to make room for the Holy Spirit. Cornerstone, we are the people of the Holy Spirit. And as long as I'm the pastor of this church, we will never relegate the Holy Spirit to some corner of the church and say, Holy Spirit, you stay there until we need you. He is not Jehovah Butler. He is Jehovah Jireh. 
He is not somebody that you dingle the bell and hope that he comes to cuddle you on a Sunday morning. He is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And we got to make room for Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You know, in many churches, they preach the Father, the Son, and the Holy Scriptures. And that is not right. That is not right. And if we're ever going to be the church that God has called us to be, we got to make room for the Holy Ghost. Come on. we got to make room for the Holy Ghost. And if you ever attended a holy, a cornerstone service, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to second guess what we believe. You don't have to second guess. We will pray in tongues. I will not tone down. I will not dial down and we are not ashamed of speaking in tongues. And as long as I'm leading the church, Holy Spirit will always be preeminent in this house. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. Cessationism is the idea that the gifts of the Spirit has ceased. One of the most diabolical doctrines to have come into the church. And the result is wherever I go... I see a diminishing of the power of God, of the supernatural. People want a more cerebral type Christianity. You know, reformed theology is on the rise. And I'm very concerned because we have many people joining Cornerstone from other places. But I want you to know that we are a Pentecostal church. And we make no apologies for that. Amen. We're not going to give you three simple points on a Sunday morning. We're going to preach the whole gospel. Amen. The full gospel, hallelujah. So I want you to embrace the work of the Holy Spirit in Cornerstone. It's interesting that people in the other camp, they believe in the virgin birth. They believe in the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus, that he's coming back again. But they cannot believe that Jesus can heal something as simple as a common call. Now, if you can believe that he rose from the dead, that he was born of a virgin, that he's coming back, then let's go the whole nine yards and believe that there is nothing impossible for our God. Amen. Come on. Cornerstone, you've got to expand your faith. Hallelujah. I'm preaching so much better than you're responding today. Amen. One last thing. One last thing. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a baptism of power. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit many years ago, 42 years ago, that when the Holy Ghost came upon me, I felt such a surge of power that by the time it was finished, I thought, honestly, I thought I would not survive because every cell in me felt like it was going to explode. I thought I was going to die. Because the Holy Spirit, is a, when He comes upon you, it is a baptism of power. Somebody asked me, Pastor Young, what did it feel like? I said, go back home, unplug your appliance and put your finger in. Hallelujah. Jesus said, you shall receive power, P-O-W-E-R, power, when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It is our anointing to function and everything that Jesus did, He did by the power of the Holy Spirit. And He was showing to us not what God can do, but what God can do in a man. Hallelujah. Come on. Number three, we're not just a Pentecostal people. We're also called to be a prophetic people. Now the reason I mention this is because many Pentecostal churches have lost the fire. The prophetic is no longer present in the services. Once you remove the lampstand, once you remove the prophetic, then we lose our cutting edge, become very dull. We'll become very weak. God gave me a promise out of the book of Isaiah 59 many years ago. 
He said, as for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My spirit who is upon you and my words I put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth and from the mouth of your descendants and from the mouth of your descendants, descendants, says the Lord, from this time forth and forevermore. This promise was made to the Messiah and to the people of the Messiah that if we would welcome the Holy Spirit, that if we would welcome the prophetic, he said the prophetic mantle will rest upon this church from one generation to another generation to another generation. But I tell you this, my friends, we've got to personalize it. I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to Cornerstone this morning, I want to give Cornerstone an upgrade in the prophetic. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, come out of the shallow waters and start diving in into the deep end. Hallelujah. And I say this with any, without any fear of contradiction. God wants this whole church to be prophetic so that whatever we do, whether it's our preaching, whether it's our singing, whether it's our worship, our intercession, our evangelism, whether it's our children's church, whatever we do here in Cornerstone is infused with the Holy Spirit. Come on. Hallelujah. Several years ago, the Lord said, I put a Judah anointing upon this assembly. And that's why we're involved in many warfare and many battles. It's just part of our tribal anointing. But this year, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, apart from the tribal anointing of Judah, He said, I'm going to put the tribal anointing of Issachar upon this congregation. That is a prophetic anointing to know signs and times and signs of the, of the times. And I'll tell you this, my friends. All the Lord is saying to us is, do you want it? One time he spoke to Rick Joyner about something like this. He said, Rick, do you want this? Rick said, I'm not worthy. The Lord said, I never asked you if you were worthy. I asked you if you wanted it. Hallelujah. Do you want this cornerstone? Number four. We've been given the message of Zion. Give me a second, please. Hallelujah. This always happens every year at Vision Sunday. Let me explain this. <clears throat> I've been invited to participate in several global organizations. I really don't want to be there. That's not my call. But the Lord says, I want you to be at these meetings. I asked the Lord many times, Lord, why am I here? What am I doing in this global assembly? In this? And the Lord says, because I want Zion to be represented at the table. I want Zion to be represented at the table. Now God gave my spiritual father, Brother Bailey, the message and mandate to have a Zion work in every nation so that the message of Zion can go forth but Brother Bailey died without seeing that happen or being fulfilled. But I'm 100% certain that every church we plant in every nation is a step towards fulfilling the vision God gave to Brother Bailey. And this message of Zion is a message of sonship, a message of maturity, a message of ruling and reigning with Christ. It is the Melchizedekian message, the upward progression and vision of Zion uh, and Christ-likeness. It has to do with the highest ideals of the Christian life. Zion in the Old Testament was a place that David conquered. 
it was the seed of authority for the nation of Israel. But there is a spiritual Zion where that we sit with Him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. And we rule and we reign with Christ. That is the message of Zion. That is the message of Zion. To come to the highest aspirations that God has for the church. Hallelujah. And while we cater for every level of church growth in Cornerstone, we've got 101 classes, we've got new believers class, we've got baptism classes, we've got training programs uh, for discipleship. I'll tell you this, we will never compromise. There will always be training and teaching for the mature believers because I believe that one of the goals that God has given to us is to have solid meat for maturing believers in order that every one of us here in Cornerstone attain to the highest aspirations that God has for us. Amen. Number five, we have a revival DNA. I don't know many churches that have a burden for revival. And if the truth be known, there are many churches that don't even know what revival is. But as long as I can remember, this pursuit and fascination for revival has been a key component of all our messages here in Cornerstone. My exposure to the Welsh revival, Azusa revival as a young pastor, gave me such a passion for revival that is now ingrained in our DNA. In 2012, when we acquired the Bible College of Wales in Swansea, and then in 2015, when we purchased <clears throat> the Pisgah Chapel, one of the great epicenters of the revival, when we did that, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me carefully. When we did that, God joined us and connected us to an ancient well. He gave us the right, He gave us the privilege to carry the spirit of revival. And we must never lose what God has given to us. The early church could have never accomplished what they accomplished unless they were in revival. Hallelujah. Amen. They had apostolic leaders that fanned and fed the revival, made sure the fire was burning. And as long as I'm the pastor here, I will scream and I will shout. Hallelujah. I will tell you about the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Don't lose the fire, Cornerstone. Don't lose the fire. Number six, the importance of Israel in our message. In 1992, I just come into full-time ministry. I was in my office one, sun, one early morning. I came there very early to pray. While I was in my office, the presence of God comes so strong. I started weeping. The Lord said to me, out of that presence, He said, this year, you will be in Israel Three weeks later, I get a phone call. A lady's on the line. She's from Indonesia. She said, Pastor, the Lord spoke to me this morning that I'm to finance your trip to Israel if you want to go. I said, give me a second. Yes, I want to go. Hallelujah. <laughs> in November that, day, that year, I was in Israel. And there in Israel, I met Derek Prince. I met Johannes Fascius. I met Lance Lambert, Elihu Benheim, and all those men that made such an impact in my life. And it was there that my love affair with Israel began. God put in my heart such a love for Israel. And I realized that you don't visit Israel. You are summoned there by God. God summons you to Jerusalem. One of the diabolical 
doctrines that have crept into the churches that this idea of replacement theology the idea that somehow the church has replaced Israel in God's purposes you don't find that in the Bible my friends let me tell you this our God is a covenant keeping God God will never break his covenant with Israel if you think that God can break his covenant with Israel, what makes you think he won't break his covenant with us? No, sir. God will not break his covenant with Israel. And every Jewish person that you come into contact with is a divine appointment. Number seven, and I close with this, we're called to be a spiritual RAF. Hallelujah. Woo! 30 years ago, I was in Sydney, Australia. I was in a bookstore and I passed a, a shelf of books. Never happened in my life. As I was passing the shelf of books, one book called out. It, this is the first time and the only time it ever happened in my life. The book called to me. I took one step backwards. I looked at the book. It was The Intercessor written by Norman Grubb who chronicled the life and times of the great intercessor, Mr. Reese Howells. I had no idea that this book was going to change my life. I had no idea that it was going to alter the destiny and the trajectory of my life. Apart from the Bible, I can say without any fear of contradiction that this book played a great role in my life. When we acquired the Bible College of Wales in 2012, God gave us the birthright into one of the greatest wells that have ever been dug in the history of the church hallelujah I remember in 2004 I had a experience I was in my living room and I was watching a video of Reinhard Bonnke I told him this story and I was watching a, the Reinhard preach and while he was telling a story the spirit of the living God came upon me I burst out weeping the presence of God was so strong and the Lord said I give you the right of first refusal and he gave me the and I out of my innermost beings I said God I want the mantle of Reese house I want that mantle Lord and I don't know what happened I will not be naive about this lady gentlemen to say that I carry that mantle no sir all I'm saying is at that moment the mantle touched me something touched me and I knew I was a different man and I tell you this cornerstone we carry the mantle of revival and we carry the mantle of of intercession as well and we will say god give it to us and we will give ourselves to it and contend for it Woo! i tell you this god can put a mantle and an anointing in this place that can shift the cause of nations hallelujah let's not limit god by what he can do amen god has given us the birthright i remember at our inauguration 2012 2015 we had Lou Engel and we had Dutch Sheets and they said to me both of them pastor you have been entrusted with one of the greatest wells that have ever been dug in the history of the church you have been given a stewardship a stewardship of the presence of God come on hallelujah God has given it to us you know he could find I don't know this my friends but when we bought the Bible College of Wales I had a prophetic word the Lord says he said to us he said there was no one else in this world that would do this for me 
And I found a church in Singapore that was willing, hallelujah, to pay the price. To pay the price. My friends, I stand here today and I'm just awed by what God has brought us through. Again, I want to stand here and say to you, this is just the springboard. This is just the halftime mark. There is so much more God has for you. Don't, don't allow atrophy to set in. Don't allow apathy to set in. Don't allow dullness to come into our lives. Make sure we keep the fire burning. Make sure we keep the, the flame in our hearts burning. My friends, if you keep the fire burning, the fire will keep you burning. Hallelujah. I believe that with all my heart. Reinhardt used to tell me this all the time. Keep the fire burning. Woo! Hallelujah. Shama Baba Santaba. You know, I feel the presence of God in this place. I really sense the glory. It's not just the presence, but there is a weight of glory in this place. I want you to stand with me, please, everybody. I want you to stand with me. Uh, Paul said, I plead with you, my brothers, in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, chapter 1, verse 10, that you all speak the same thing. That there be no divisions among you. That you all speak the same thing, think the same way. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm hoping to accomplish this morning is to give you a simple, broad vision of what God has called us to be and do so that everybody is walking in lockstep with one another. Every one of us is walking in unison. We're walking and marching in ranks. There's no one ahead. There's no one behind. Everybody is included in this great battle. And I believe God is raising a mighty army here in Cornerstone. Shamama kamo sabaronde be. Hunda beshamo kerasataba. I believe with all my heart, God is going to do something that will beggar imagination. Hallelujah. God has given us a global call. He's called us to be a Pentecostal church in heart and spirit. He's called us to be a prophetic people. He's given us a message of fullness, the message of Zion. He's given us a, a revival DNA. He's given us a message for Israel. And he's called us to be a house of prayer for all nations, a spiritual RAF. Winston Churchill said of the Royal Air Force, never has so much been owed to so few by so many. Come on, hallelujah. Woo. Lift up your hands, everybody. We're going to be praying right now. I would like to invite my pastors to come on stage, my executive team pastors, all the other English pastors, and also the pastors of the different congregations. If you're the lead pastor of your congregation, would you just come to the come up on platform with me? I want you to speak a blessing over the congregation. If you're a pa if you are one of the pastors in Cornerstone, please come, please come. Hallelujah, Shibarababo City. You've just listened to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, 
please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.